Welcome to the Dragon Slayer podcast by East Idaho Credit Union. My name is Stephen. With me always is Bailey. And today's guest, China Hansen from the Little Mama Shirt Shop. China, welcome. Thanks Whoa. for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So let's start off with, tell us about Little Mama Shirt Shop, first of all. Okay. And then we're going to go backwards in time and talk about how you got to where you're at now. Okay. Little Mama Shirt Shop, we just celebrated our sixth birthday, business birthday. Um, we, did you have a party? Did we you did do? have a party. What did we you had do? a very legit party. One of our team members is an amazing cake decorator. Oh. She made a cake shaped like a t shirt, and we <laughs> do <laughs> Olympics. We do LMSS Olympics every year. Oh, so, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Love it. Yeah, do a lot of fun games. Um, we sell graphic tees and screen printed embroidered apparel to moms, kids, dads. We're, we're transitioning to be more of a family brand, mm. but we started out to be shirts only for mamas. But mm -hmm. our, we stand by um, our motto that we believe in the magical moments of everyday motherhood. Mm. So Love it. everything's nice. kind of based around that. Mm -hmm. We ship... We print and embroider everything in-house, and we ship thousands of orders every month to moms all across the world. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And located here in Idaho Falls? Yep. We're here in Idaho Falls. We're currently um, over off of Yellowstone Highway, and we're building a new warehouse just across the street from where we're at right now. So we've ran out of space again. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great problem to have. Yes. So yes, it is. Is, uh, is your business entirely direct to consumer through your website or do you it is. do other things too? Yes. So social media plays a big part for us mm. in driving traffic to our website, but we have our own website built by me, not a, not a web designer at all, but <laughs> fan of the Google search bar. Sure. So, um, yeah, I built our website and then we just drive traffic there through social media and we have an ad agency that that drives some traffic mm -hmm. for us too. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Okay. So let's go back in time just a little bit here. Okay. Because uh, you're a very successful venture now, but six years ago, tell us what triggered you to say, I'm going to start this online shirt shop for mamas. Okay. Um, I definitely feel like it was inspired. I had a graphic design business for a few years and then we were in the mood, middle of a big move from Utah to Idaho, and we were literally packing up boxes. We had just had our second little boy, and I told my husband, I think, I think I'm going to start a shirt business. And he just <laughs> he's like, at me. what are you talking about? Yeah, and he just looked at me, and he just like let out this big sigh. I'm kind of like always on the go. I have a hard time taking a rest, and he's like, oh, do you think we could just get moved first? I was like, okay, we can do that. So we moved um, to a rental home in Rexburg, and... I, I just like couldn't get the idea off of my mind. I knew mm. it needed to be called Little Mama Shirt Shop. I already had a logo for it. And it was all about just raising boys because I have all mm. boys. Now I have four boys, but at the, only but at the time I only had two. Mm -hmm. um, and so our very first design was Raising Boys Loving Life. And I told my husband we started with $400. I, I scraped and saved $400 to start the business from my graphic design business. And... I just told him, I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I said, I just have to see if we can, if all we do is make the $400 back, then I just have to see, like I have to see if this will work out mm -hmm. or not. So I got up in the middle of the night, ordered $400 worth of inventory, <laughs> built an Etsy shop and um, we launched on a Facebook live that had 
probably about three people in attendance, my grandma and <laughs> my aunt and my mom. Yep. Um, and so we actually ended up like selling out that night of our very small inventory when we just started. I mean, selling out, we had like 30 shirts. I was about to say how much, how many yeah, shirts? Yeah, we had, we had probably like 30 or 40. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we, we sold out that night and then I was like, okay, I guess like people kind of like this. So we'll go ahead and uh, do a restock. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're doing. So 400 more in. Yeah. Right? So yeah. we just ended up filling, we moved our boys into one bedroom and then we filled up our rental home guest bedroom with shirts <laughs> <laughs> and we just kept restocking and they just kept selling. And, mm. and so we kind of went from there and then we moved to our home in Idaho Falls and our business was in a 10 by 10 bedroom there. And the sales were still coming in on Etsy. We hadn't built a website yet. Mm -hmm. And it was just all me at the time. Uh, my husband worked at the site. And so he was really busy with his full-time job. So it was just a nap time hustle for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And then we moved our basement, our business to the basement and hired an employee. So we had some employees like working in our home while I'm upstairs. Like Did that ever freak you out? I like mean, no, because we had really good like we didn't hire anyone that we were worried about, okay, you know? okay, yeah. but it was a little awkward when they come into work and I'm just like in my pajamas doing <laughs> puzzle, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the orders are ready for you down there. <laughs> um, so we kind of started to outgrow our basement. basement. <laughs> like we had one be bedroom down there and then I remember we, it started to filter over into our guest bedroom in the basement <laughs> and I remember standing in the door just looking looking into that guest bedroom, really wanting to preserve that for life. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I don't want this business to take mm -hmm. over our whole life. So I was just like leaning in the doorway one day and, um, I just like had the strongest impression that was just like, let it grow. Mm. Like I was keeping the lid on it by keep trying to keep it contained in a 10 by 10 room, you know? Was that to music in your head? <laughs> it was by just chance? a very distinct <laughs> one-liner that really changed the trajectory of things for me. So mm. we let it grow. We let it take over our guest bedroom once again. And so our whole entire basement was just an operation. And then I was on the phone with a business coach one day and it and she was like, you need a warehouse. What are you doing? Mm. And I was like, I'm so scared of that, you know, and mm -hmm. felt like a big commitment because we'd have this extra rent payment. And I'm like, this is I, I was in denial, I think, for a long time about what it had grown to. You know, this is still just like my nap time thing. Like this isn't anything big. And then it, it took her telling me like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I told her our numbers and, and how many sales we were getting and stuff. And she's like, you need to get the warehouse. Yeah. So we got our first warehouse. We outgrew that during COVID. How, how big was that first warehouse? It was, oh gosh, it was like 2,000 square feet. So it felt size. huge. Yeah, it felt huge. It felt huge. I was like, we will never outgrow this. We moved to our second warehouse and then we visited our first warehouse and I'm like, that thing looks like a broom closet <laughs> now. So tiny. How many employees did you have at that first warehouse? Um, we had probably like 10 or so. Yeah. And then during COVID, it was an interesting um, dynamic like for everyone. But we had, I mean, we still kept working and um, we were careful. You know, we worked in staggered shifts and with masks and everything. But at that point, we started to recruit like our neighbors and our family members. And we're like, can you read? Can you walk? You have, <laughs> you have a, a job. Dog? Here. You have we a brain a in your head. In you have a job here. So <laughs> that was when our sales really blew up. Um, and for a long time, I used to say, even if, even if this business grew big enough, 
Tyler would never want to quit his job. He never would want to do mm. shirts. Like that's mm-hmm. so girly, you know, but he actually has a master's degree in business. And so um, we started to talk about that, like play with that idea. And we had a lot of like, well, if we get this much in our savings and we get this paid off, then like, we'll we'll have this conversation again. Mm-hmm. And we kept putting a pin in it. And then that day would come and we would kick the can down the road again. And then finally it just got to the point where I was like, we're literally like paying more in taxes <laughs> than you're making. <laughs> At the INL. And so let's just go ahead and call it. So we were really um, thoughtful and prayerful about it. And we were like, okay, we'll just, we'll give it one year. Mm. We'll see how, you know, if we still like each other after a year working yeah. together, yeah. if we, if we can make it work financially. And so he sent an email to his boss. And, and the funny thing is when he quit his job, we expected, um, just excitement and party and and fear and all the things and he, he would just closed his laptop and it was just like peace it just mm. felt like peace and so that was two and a half years ago wow and so now he's he's helped me a lot to he does all the hr and the payroll mm-hmm. and the admin and then i do the the boring the stuff. face of the business yeah. the marketing yeah. the stuff that i like <laughs> yeah and he likes that part so you need those people right it took us about a year to learn how to work together like what's your role what's my role um, do you, do you have any rules like, you know, after five o'clock, yeah. we don't talk about yep, the business we do. Anymore? When we get in our bed at like nine or something, we're like, no more, like we're going to watch a show. <laughs> we're just going to be married now. Um, and so, yeah, we try not to talk business late at night or like on Sundays, mm-hmm. even last night he started bringing up stuff about business and I'm like, no, let's talk about this tomorrow. Mm. So yeah, we do that. And we always just say that we're, we're married first and we're parents second and we're business partners third, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we know that the first two things are the most important. And then the third is like, it's a nice bonus, but if we don't, if we're not careful about it, it can take over, you know, we go on a date night and we're talking HR and and stuff. (laughs) So we have to be careful with it, but we like it. We really like it. And we, and it gives us a lot more time with our boys. We get to trade off parenting and work and stuff so you mentioned something else that I thought was really interesting too where you know your husband he does a lot of the administrative back-end work and you concentrate Uh on the marketing the designing all that sort of stuff I think there's a really valuable lesson there and finding the right kinds of people that follow the types of roles that you need in the business you can't have 10 creative geniuses all in the same place trying to all do the same thing Um, you need at least some of those people to do some other things, right? Absolutely. Yes. What kind of advice would you give to, to a business as they're starting to expand and finding the right kinds of people that have a complimentary skill set to yours? Yes. I, I could go on and on about this. Please do. Um, hiring was a really intimidating part for me because I, I just wanted to run a business. I didn't really want to be a boss and, I know people say, well, there's like born leaders and not born leaders and all of that. But I really had to learn how to manage people. Mm-hmm. And it was something I hadn't anticipated um, as far as being a business owner. I was like, oh, you're not just going to like show up and like do the job I told you. We're going to have some bumps in the, along the way. Um, so number one is from the book Good to Great, something mm-hmm. that Tyler and I really um, abide by. And that is getting he he talks about the concept of like a bus and he's like you need to get the right people on the bus and then if you need to move their seats around Mm -hmm. you do that before you kick them off the bus Mm -hmm. so we've had we've been really really fortunate with our employees we've had very few that haven't worked out Mm -hmm. um but that has been something that's really guided 
us as far as getting people into their correct roles. Mm-hmm. We've had people come on and we put them on wholesale and they, they weren't happy with wholesale or they would, you know, we could just sense that they weren't. And then we like pull, it, pull them off and put them on customer service and they thrived on that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are all about getting the right people on the bus and then moving their seats before yeah. we kick them off the bus. Sure. It takes a while to get kicked off of the little mama shirt <laughs> shop bus. We do that so very rarely. Yeah. Um, so that, and then also just hiring for attitude mm. and not for talent mm. and skill. So t- um, tell me about that. Cause that's really interesting. So yeah. what, what kind of attitude do you look for? And then you look at skill and ability secondarily. Mm-hmm. So yeah. t- what's the attitude that you're after? Well, we definitely, I mean, we have 26 employees now and so, uh, it's teamwork. Like mm. it's all about teamwork. And so we have our core values and we have them hanging on the wall and, and one of them is just teamwork and it's owning our mistakes and working together. And it, every order that leaves our warehouse has been touched by at least six people. Mm-hmm. And if there comes back a mistake on an order, you know, we don't really like pin it on anybody, but we're just like, dang, that was, this is a group effort. Mm-hmm. Like we, we all saw that. How did that happen? You know? Um, so team player is just huge for us. No one really works by themselves. They mm-hmm. all work as a team. I remember when I was young, I grew up playing football and um, just in a practice or whatever and um, handed the ball off to the running back and he got tackled and fumbled the ball. And so we all had to run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how we yeah, <laughs> approach and, it. And, and so a lot of what we learned then was you got to show up for each other. Yes. Right. Like yes. you got to be there for each other and have each other's back. Yeah. Because the whole thing is how it works. Yes. Not just the one person carrying the ball. Yes. Yeah, so we're very selective about who we hire. We have a great team that we just um, try to kind of hire them as like, we like your personality. Mm-hmm. You seem intelligent, mm-hmm. so we feel like you can do almost anything within our company. We're we're starting to get where we're hiring a little bit more like specialty. Mm-hmm. Like we just hired a marketing director and some things like that. But as far as our warehouse crew, we're like, you're great. We think that you can get along with people, and we have like a zero tolerance policy for drama. Sure, yeah. and I hate that like groups of women get that um, the reputation of like. Mm-hmm you guys must have so much drama like we really don't we just (laughs) like each other and we're careful about who we hire so what do you what do you do when you're interviewing somebody to evaluate I think they're going to be a good team player yeah uh well sometimes I'm wrong but um, (laughs) we're all wrong sometimes it's okay yeah so Tyler and I both sit on all the interviews and we just have a lot of questions it's just a gut feeling Mm -hmm. I kind of almost feel like when they walk through the door I know if it's a yes or a no Mm -hmm. um so yeah we and we another thing that we kind of abide by is that company culture comes from the top. Mm-hmm. And so if we want this to be a fun, drama-free, hardworking environment, then we have to also be the model of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we really have worked hard to get everyone um, on board with our vision for the brand. Mm-hmm. And that's just advocating for motherhood and celebrating celebrating little moments in motherhood yeah like we try to have a lot of milestone teas and things like that opportunities to match and and just encourage people to just like see those little magical moments in their Mm. lives and we think that our teas just add a little layer of magic to that Mm. and we've just had 
we've been so fortunate that our employees just really get on board with that yeah. vision and they love it. And and sometimes our best, some of our customers, our best customers make the best employees. Sure. Yeah. So we actually had one girl. Sometimes about what you do anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes at lunch, lunch is the big deal. Okay. Little Mama Share Shop. We love to sit down and eat together. And oh, t- so tell me about that. <laughs> tell why is lunch a big deal? I we're all kind of foodies. We call it lunch bunch, and we order lunch every single day. It's the worst habit, but <laughs> it's just a big deal. Like we just care about what we eat and so we have good really good lunch we we always eat together I always tell our new hires like you can go for lunch don't let them peer pressure you (laughs) you can go home for lunch but no one ever does we always just sit and eat eat together and just a time to kind of be off the clock and and talk about our lives and stuff Mm -hmm. um so sometimes we we call it lunch bench we sit down and call some of our customers like FaceTime our customers at lunch (laughs) and we let them pick out something from the shop and we just visit with them for a minute oh my gosh that's so fun fun. it's like sometimes they burst into tears (laughs) we're like oh my gosh um and and one of our Actually, one girl that we hired, we called her on her birthday. She was one of our customers. And we're like, yeah, pick whatever you want. Like, it's your birthday. You know, she was local. And and then the next day, she messaged me. She's like, are you guys hiring? And so we hired her. And she's wow. been the best. <laughs> and awesome. So we kind of, it, we do better when we hire through people who already know about us mm-hmm. or have purchased from us before because they mm-hmm. already care about our brand. Yeah. So uh, That's really interesting, actually. Um, would you, would you have the lunch bunch? I have a couple of questions about this actually. <laughs> when you say good food, what do you mean? Like we're eating healthy? No, okay. <laughs> no, I wish. Um, I mean, we all have our moments where we're like, oh, I brought a lunch for mom today. And everyone's like, what? Why did you do that? Lame. But we have like, uh, local restaurants that we circle through. What, what's, what's, your what's on your yeah. hit list? We yeah. go, we do like firehouse subs, uh-huh. meters. Uh-huh. Um, Costa Vida, Cafe Rio, mm-hmm. Freddy's, mm-hmm. Five mm-hmm. Guys, Mod Pizza. Mm-hmm. We're on a big Mod Pizza keg right now. <laughs> yeah. So we just circle through. Yeah. What do you feel like when you all sit down and you eat these meals together and you probably talk about business some and talk about life some and some yeah. other things. What do you feel like is the net effect on your company by having those moments? Uh, yeah, I think just like, it just brings us together. We, something that we touch on in our team meetings and stuff is just like, it's, it's really easy to get frustrated with the person next to you who's not working as fast Mm -hmm. as you Mm -hmm. or as efficiently as you or whatever. But we try to really ingrain in the principle that everybody's doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. And if you believe that about your coworkers, you almost can't not love them Mm -hmm. because you're like her, her speed might be different than mine or her, her best looks different than mine. Mm -hmm. Or maybe today her best is different because she's struggling with things at home, things like that. So when we all sit down and eat together, that's when it comes out like, well, I'm really having a hard time with this or, you know, my kid is this and, and so that's when we're having the real life conversations that paint the whole picture of this isn't just my coworker, but she's my friend, yeah. you know, and it feels like we're family. Like I, I love my employees so much and it's really important for Tyler and I to both. I mean, he's the only, only guy sitting there. <laughs> and so he just gets teased endlessly, but he, I think he likes it and everyone likes having him there too. But I think just having the conversations together and, and Tyler and I make a point to we're never like above it because mm-hmm. we own the business. Like mm-hmm. we try to get in there and do orders with them. We eat with them and stuff because they really are some of the most important people in our lives. We can do what we're doing without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, 
I want to go back to something that you said a few minutes ago. Um, you, when you were getting ready to move into an actual warehouse space out of the basement, you said that uh, you had talked to a, a coach or a mentor. Yeah. Who's that person and what was that relationship? Yeah, so her name is Michelle Gifford. You can find her on Instagram and she has a great tips for small business owners. She's under I am Michelle Gifford. Um, and at the time, she was just a friend. And actually what's funny is I just met her in real life last week oh. <laughs> for the first time uh-huh. and we met and I was like we've met before and she's like no we haven't <laughs> but we have just talked online consistently for mm. like four years now interesting um so she she is a business coach and she does a lot of marketing for small businesses but at the time just I mean I just consider her a really good friend and I I really always think in like metaphors but I feel like I was standing on the end of a diving board and she came behind me and pushed me in mm-hmm. to the deep end and I mm-hmm. needed her too. Mm-hmm. And there's been other times where I think as business owners, we get really nervous about big decisions. So we just are like, we just sit on the end of the diving board forever. Yeah. And sometimes we just need someone to push us. Yeah. <laughs> and she did that for me. <laughs> and so, yeah, I really, I tell her all the time and, and now we're building a warehouse like and it's oh, 12,000 wow. square feet. Oh my it's goodness. huge. Yeah. And I'm like, this is because of you, Michelle. I'd still be in my basement had you not pushed me off the deep end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I've said this before on this podcast, but I, I think every entrepreneur, every business leader needs somebody around them that gives them permission to take chances. Yes. You need somebody to say, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I love the, the tip too of never take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from because mm. mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are quick to criticize or say are you sure that's gonna work out and I'm like well I actually wouldn't take advice from you so I'm just gonna let that <laughs> go you know sure. but with my business mentors I'm like I will take anything that you will tell me yeah so l- let's talk about that for a minute because that's interesting so as you've built this really successful business who along the way said you can't do that you shouldn't do that you don't have to name names but <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, what were what was that experience what kind of comments did you get um I think like rightfully so I think with some of our family it was like he's gonna what he's gonna quit his job Mm because I have three kids and um so some some family members or friends have just I mean we haven't had a lot but just a few little comments of like oh is that really a good idea are you Mm -hmm. sure about that and sometimes I felt and this could be in my own head of just feeling like um like we're just playing t-shirts or that some people think that and I'm like it's okay to let people be wrong about you. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to prove. Um, But sometimes it hurts your feelings a little bit. But I also try to just take that as like, you're going to doubt what we can do. And rather than like internalize that and doubt myself, it's more like, watch me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it far better than you even think I could. So kind of use it for motivation instead. What kind of advice would you give to somebody who is experiencing that the hardest one is when it's from family yeah like that's the hard because you're like you're supposed to be on my team right you have that kind of feeling what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's experiencing some maybe um some doubt and some negativity from an external source How how do you get through it at East Idaho Credit Union, the success of your business matters to us. Michael from Adrenaline Outdoors received one-on-one mentoring with one of our industry experts. With that advice, Michael has been able to grow his business and serve his customers more effectively than ever before. You don't get that kind of care from anyone else. 
only at Eastside Credit Union. Visit us at eastsideocu.org, federally insured by the NCUA. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that's experiencing some, maybe um, some doubt and some negativity from an external source? How do you you get through it? I think um, I've really had to compartmentalize relationships in Mm. a way, which sounds not that healthy, but to me, it has been. I think just realizing that in a kindest way, if your family members are not in small business, then they simply don't Don't have a leg to stand on to offer you advice in small business. Mm -hmm. And I don't need my family members to understand or champion what I'm doing. When I removed the expectation of them doing that and just went back to like, I'm just your daughter, your sister, your friend, um, or your family member. And we can just, I can talk business with my mentors and people who get it. Mm -hmm. And so not trying to prove yourself to your family. You're already proven. You're part Mm -hmm. of their family. You're worthy. They love you. And they love you for who you actually are deep down aside from your business. Mm -hmm. And they loved you before your business. And so just let them continue to love you and not feel like you have to like prove to them Mm -hmm. how successful you are. Mm -hmm. So with our family, um, I have some family members who are small business owners and we talk business all the time. Yeah. And with those who are not, we're just like, yeah, business is good. We're just, you know, whatever. How's your job going? Mm-hmm. And it's like just not keeping a lid on it, but it's just like this isn't necessarily like the place I come to be inspired about business. You mm-hmm. guys inspire me about so many other things and I love you so much, but here's where I go to be inspired and uplifted about my business. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I want to go back in time just a little bit. Um you you were doing some graphic design before you started mm-hmm. this business. What were the things that you did that prepared you to start Little Mama Shirt Shop? Like, what? Who is China really? Right? <laughs> like, what what is behind oh gosh, all of that's this? That's a question. <laughs> yeah. We're, um, I you know it's funny. Last night, as I was Tyler and I have done a lot of reflecting lately. Obviously, this warehouse build and some some moves we're trying to make right now are really big and scary and. Mm-hmm. So we've gone back to like pivotal conversations that we've had along the way. And um, I actually went to school, went to college and received my degree in English education. Mm. So I taught high school. But I think like I can pinpoint it on a conversation that Tyler and I had 10 years ago Mm. when I was pregnant with my first son. We went for a walk and always tears, you know, in pivotal conversations. And I was like, we, we were living in Salt Lake in a teeny tiny apartment that we hated. We both hated our jobs. I hated being pregnant. It was just a rough year for us. <laughs> and I, I was given the opportunity in my job in Salt Lake to do a little bit of design, just play with it mm. a little bit. And it was cool because I had a lot of just hours to work on Adobe Illustrator. And even though I didn't love the job, it was just really a cool opportunity to just like put in the time of learning about design. And then I had a few people ask me to design like their graduation announcements. Mm-hmm. And I think I charged like $15, <laughs> you know, and it took me probably about three hours to design it, maybe longer. We went for a walk around the block one time and I was like, you know, if there's, if all I could do is make enough money to, for me to not have to work mm-hmm. and stay home with our little boy, um, that would be super cool. You know, then I wouldn't have to teach and be away from him and we wouldn't have to get childcare and all these things. And I just remember feeling like so strongly, like we can, 
we could do that. Like if, mm. if I design a hundred graduation announcements, you know, <laughs> at fifteen dollars a piece. <laughs> yeah. And so um, that was a really pivotal conversation for us, and we talk about that all the time. What those little, two little baby, soon to be parents didn't know, mm. you know. But I think a lot of it was motivated by just wanting to be home. And also, as I was doing my graphic design business, we had then moved to Price, Utah. Mm-hmm. We had moved around a little bit. I I was eight hours away from my entire family mm. and all my friends. And when I had my first son, I was very lonely. Mm. And I think that's something they don't tell you in motherhood is that you're you're never alone, but you can feel really mm. lonely. Like you always have this little baby crying at you, but you're like, where are my people? I really feel like Little Mama Shirt Shop was just born out of a desire to connect with mm. with other moms. And so it felt like a natural progression of the graphic design turning into t-shirts. And I also had this like postpartum body that nothing fits and everything's <laughs> like weird. What, what am I supposed to do with this? And so it just kind of sparked my interest. And the funny thing is, is I know there are a million trillion graphic tea shops now, but at the time, um, six years ago when I started, I felt too late. Mm. And that was a thought that held me up for a long time. Like, I'm too late for this. Like, there's too there's many other too competitors. Many. It's too yeah. saturated. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know. I just went it all in. And So that's like, really interesting. So six years ago, you mm-hmm. felt like it's too saturated. Yeah. There's too many other players in this market. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. So let's pretend that's true, that it's too saturated, uh-huh. right? What, what was the magic that made Little Mama Shirt Shop work in a saturated competitive market? Yeah, I think community mm. all the way. Mm. We just built this huge online mom community that I feel like that's actually what I was looking for. Mm. <laughs> um, and just the, to the do shirts are shirts. like a yeah. nice bonus, yeah. but we've built a huge community of moms all across the world, which... It's funny that we're having this conversation today because I was just actually talking to one of my friends in the UK about their changes recently. And one of my friends in Florida that just lost her home Mm. this last week. And I'm like, I wouldn't literally would can I can say that I have friends all over the world and I wouldn't be able to say that if I didn't have this business. Yeah. So when I opened the business, I mean, on Instagram, I just kind of started praying my heart about out about motherhood, like. The, the challenges and, and at the time like nobody was really talking about it Instagram was just a really perfect perfect place mm-hmm. where you had to have your all-white kitchens and your kids perfectly <laughs> dressed and, you know your recipes and I'm like actually this is really freaking hard is anyone else feeling like that yeah. and I just got such a good response from mothers and then um just using my son and the response I was getting from the moms as inspiration for new designs and sayings and and listen, really listening to their feedback. And we talk about this all the time with our team that we're just a really customer centric business. Mm. Like our customers drive everything. They want hoodies. We'll find you hoodies. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you want, we, we didn't start with children's clothing and I had so many people asking me like, okay, I don't really want to do kids clothes, but you guys really want that. So we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And we did it. And so I think our customers really appreciate that. And I make it a point to, I answer, it's always me in the Instagram DMs. It's never like, I don't hire that out. Hmm. I make a point to get on our Facebook VIP group and try to respond to everyone. And I'm not perfect at it, but I think like people think, oh, you're a big business. I'm not, I'm no longer talking to you, the Mm. owner. And I'm like, no, really you are. Like (laughs) I'm in my sweatpants right now, like trying to feed my baby, but it's me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
so I, I want to ask you about the design elements. Uh-huh. Um, do you still do all the design yourself? I do. That's yep. crazy to me. Yep. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite designs that you've done? Oh, gosh. And, and what has been like your most popular yeah. design? Um, I mean, anything that says mama is popular. Uh, oddly enough, we just had our team Olympics and it comes with some trivia and mm-hmm. we, we have the girls, um, you know, fill out a questionnaire and, and like our best selling item this year, oddly enough, is our dad, just like dad set. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? We're <laughs> little mama shirt shop. But I think like the dad market isn't as tapped into. Yeah. And so there's just some like analytical things behind that. But um, definitely, like, our mama's signature tie-dye sweatshirt is a huge seller. I feel like my favorite – people ask me that all the time. They're like, just changes with the season. Sure, like, yeah. right now, I'm loving all the Halloween designs mm-hmm. and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, What was the first design that really hit, that really took off, that people just couldn't get enough of? Um, let's see. Oh, gosh. Uh, we, we did Mama Knows Best a few years ago mm-hmm. in kind of like a retro mm-hmm. bot and we sold like thousands of those. Wow. Wow. And yeah. so it, it's crazy. funny. We, we call them our unicorn products because <laughs> we'll get one every once in a while that really hits. And then, you know, it sells tons and tons for like a couple of years and then it kind of fizzles out. Sure. I'm like, okay, well everybody in our community has this one now. So <laughs> we need to come up with a new one. Are, are you ever surprised by what people love? They're just all like, the time. I thought that was garbage. Yes, everybody loves all it. All the time. I like design one. I'm like, you know, that's like not quite up to par, but you know, we'll give it a shot. And then, um, it sells like crazy. And then I'll, I'll do one that I think is so cute. And nothing. And it doesn't, it bombs. And I'm like, okay. And that's where I'm really drawn on like my team getting their feedback. Cause they'll even surprise me sometimes. I'm like, you guys, this is ugly. And they're like, no, we love it. <laughs> so a lot of feedback like that, but everyone has a different taste and style. And I guess too, um, going back to my favorites, my son is a really good artist mm. and he's, he just turned nine and he draws all the dinosaurs in our shop. Oh, I love it. Like so. hand draws them. <laughs> and the shirt that you're wearing, Bailey, my my dad drew that. Is that That's right? cool? And so he yeah, drew this that. A, the bison shirt yes. that she's wearing. Yeah. And I those have it. sold really well. Yeah. And people really connect with with uh I, I, I always like make a point to say we have a savings account set up for Paxton and he gets mm. all of the the profits from mm-hmm. you know his designs and he's our little employee I love it. so we try to keep it like family business like that and every time i see someone in the buffalo shirt i always take a picture and send it to my dad and he's <laughs> like really yeah people are still wearing that <laughs> they are they love it well she showed up today wearing that and i was like i want one of those yeah yeah, yeah it's like a cool that. shirt cool yeah love it he drew it on his phone just like at a restaurant you're kidding me <laughs> yeah oh my oh, goodness that's, great. that's crazy love that story yeah. Uh, so your dad's a great artist too then. He is. Yeah. He's very creative, very talented artist, and he's a small business owner. So mm. uh, I was cutting his hair one day years ago. He's a single guy. And I, I was like trying to tell him that Tyler was going to quit his government job to make t-shirts. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I don't really know like, how, how to, to do that. this, you know, because he, he has like these high expectations of us. And and it's, does this feel like a step backward? And, I, and I'm cutting his hair and I'm like, think like Tyler's gonna quit I think we're just gonna go all in and you know I'm just like waiting for him to be like what he's like I don't know why you didn't do that like a year ago <laughs> I, <don't wonder. laughs> I was like okay and so yeah that's great fun. here's this buffalo yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love it um 
So do you feel like you've figured out, uh, maybe this is the wrong way to put this exactly, but it's the best I can come up with, like a formula for the design elements of what you do that you're like, I know this formula kind of works. Let's see. I think um, to a degree, yes. Mm-hmm. I Anything that says mama, they'll, they'll love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think <clears throat> ways to incorporate into a whole family mm. kind of thing and that usually sells really well because mm-hmm. what's cuter than a little tiny newborn onesie Everybody that has it. the same design as the mom shirt sure totally and so that that works really well for us to really be like how can we have a whole family approach to yeah. a holiday and we get so many requests can't you do grandma and nana and grammy <laughs> and and so we started to add that in mm-hmm. and that works really well but yeah, just kind of taking the family plus holiday and just creating something around that. And people love it. And, and letting our customers like vote. Sometimes I'll throw up a design there and be like, which one's your favorite? And then they'll buy the one that they voted on. Mm-hmm. They feel committed to the, well, to sure. the process. Of you know? course. So do you design stuff that you're like, I want to wear this? Yeah, definitely. And, and that's how you start your yeah. designs. Yeah, pretty much my entire closet is. I wear it mostly every day. People are like, are your kids just so well-dressed? I'm like, honestly, no. (laughs) My little ones wear it, and I put my baby in all the time, but my nine-year-old's getting a little too cool Mm. for a little mama shirt shop. Well, yeah, I guess that happens, doesn't it? it? But he does tell me when he comes home from school, he's like, I saw kid in my dinosaur shirt today. And I'm like, bud, that is so cool. That's super cool. No one else can say that in your school. And he's like, yeah, I guess. Like, Yeah. So, and, and my husband wears them all the time too. Mm-hmm. He wears all the dad shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw one on your site actually earlier today. Or maybe it was on Instagram. I can't remember, but it was a regional manager. Yeah. Um, the kids yeah. one is assistant to yeah. the regional manager, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, so, what's the f- what does the future look like? What is the next oh, year, no. three <laughs> years, five years? What, what, yeah. are you, what are you planning on? What's up your sleeve here? Um, well, obviously we're just, we're still going with the shirt thing. And I always tell people against all odds, but you know, as much as sometimes I get a little imposter syndrome going on Mm. and go, what are we doing here? Are we still relevant? Um, and it feels like a hot mess. Sometimes there's a lot of strategy Mm -hmm. behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, so we are continuing to do that. We're investing in some new equipment Mm. we have another embroidery machine Mm. arriving soon, which the, buying our first six-head embroidery machine was just a really scary move for us. It was the most expensive thing we'd ever sure. purchased. Yeah. Saved up, paid cash for it, waited for it to come from Japan two months on a boat, you know, and, and that was just like a little over a year ago. And now we're having our second one arrive next week, and we're just like, oh, my gosh, we need like five more of these. <laughs> so um, continuing to do that, and then, I mean, pro- like business-wise, aside from Little Mama Shirt Shop, we're just – uh, my husband's wanting to get a little bit into some real estate investing mm-hmm. and we're talking about doing a little more custom things for local businesses, mm-hmm. offering our services of embroidery and printing for mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. just trying to, our word this year was diversify. Yeah. And I'm like, funny that it's October and we're just now <laughs> getting to that. Hey, it's still in the year. It's still it in counts. the year. We, we always have a business word mm-hmm. every year and, and it just naturally happens which is super cool, kind of manifest that. Mm. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll diversify a little bit, I think. I like it. Um, I think it's interesting that you 
um, have your own embroidery machines, your own is it screen printing or yeah, press kind of. or yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how that stuff use. works, but um, so why did you make the decision? Because this is something a lot of small businesses have to figure out: mm-hmm. how much do I outsource? What do I outsource? Mm-hmm. What do I bring in house? So you clearly made the decision pretty early on that we want to produce it here. Yeah. Can you tell me about that decision versus outsourcing yeah. that function? Yeah. So we always joke that we we insist on doing things the hard way <laughs> um, because most businesses, especially e-commerce, product-based businesses, they outsource their fulfillment mm-hmm. to fulfillment centers. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of fulfillment centers that would have um, – you know, that would print and ship our shirts for us mm-hmm. and we would just do the admin. But uh, we just felt like we, we only did about two rounds of having a local guy print. And this was like way back in the rental house days of print our shirts for us. And then it was just like, we we need to do this. Like, mm. it, I think it, we always say uh, big business operations, small business heart. And so mm-hmm. we feel like by keeping it in-house, we get to employ mothers. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much like of a community aspect and also slash control. Sure, know? yeah. Getting to control it. And we felt like we want to make a business that is worth something mm. um, community and heart-wise. And also like for our family, like create some generational wealth. And, and so we knew that, so much of it is just like taking a risk and believing and we've never received a single penny from from anyone and we've never incurred any business debt before amazing and so we've just hustle 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 save up and buy something that we know can in turn make us money Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and we know that even if little mama shirt shop closed tomorrow like that embroidery machine can still make us money sure so we try to just be calculated about Mm. it like that interesting Bailey, I know I'm missing a bunch of questions. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, influencer marketing is such uh-huh. a big thing nowadays. And I've seen some really big influencers work with you guys. Can you talk about that experience a little bit? Yeah. So influencer marketing, it's a beast. Uh, we always say <laughs> like for every 20 packages we send, we expect about one response. So mm-hmm. you kind of, it falls flat a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. the relationships that we have built with influencers have been really meaningful and I, I think sometimes influencers get a bad rap because it's like oh they just get all this free stuff for them it is work it's a ton mm-hmm. of work they mm-hmm. have to post about it they have to take pictures of it they have to tag the right things they're getting completely bombarded but um that is something that has helped our business grow a lot and we've mm-hmm. had some really cool relationships with like hey maddie nelson and krista horton and um ryan and rose Lindsay from ryan and rose has become a good friend we text all the time about business and and they're running businesses too and so it's just like a cool uh, my biggest tip i guess for influencer marketing is just making sure it's a win-win-win mm-hmm. so it's like explain that like um if i if someone asks me to collaborate or if i ask someone to collaborate my very first like round of screening is just does it benefit me? Does it benefit you? And does it benefit both of our audiences? Mm-hmm. And if any of those is no, then it's not a good fit. Yeah. And so even sometimes people will send me stuff and I'm like, oh, so nice. But like, I just really, you this know, doesn't work this for doesn't me. really like fit into what we're trying to, to talk about here. So that is my biggest tip when approaching influencer marketing. And so like someone like 
Maddie Nelson, for example, she's so kind to share about her things that she's a family brand as well. And she has these cute little kids and she's always posting about her kids. And I'm like, it, it works for you, for me and for all of the people that follow both mm-hmm. of us. So. Hey, it's a great acid test for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you just like when you're going out and you're like, okay, here are these 20 influencers that I think I want to work with Yeah. that on paper looks like this mm-hmm. makes sense. Do you just like send them a few shirts and say, and just yeah. like cross your fingers? Like, yeah, how does we that do. work? So, I mean, first you have to find their address yeah. and that requires <laughs> some FBI stalking every sure. once in a while. Um, if you can get them to respond on email or Instagram, mm-hmm. considering they are completely bombarded when they've got millions of followers, if you can get that first response, it's usually just like, I'd love to send you some items, no mm. pressure to share, but if you want to, you know, and they're like, yeah, great. Here's my address. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, well, do you want to pick? Or do you want me to pick? Mm. And it's about 50-50. Yeah. Sometimes they go on and they send me a couple screenshots of what they want. And then sometimes I'm just like, okay, what would Krista Horton choose? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we it goes kind of both on that. And then, like I said, we send them. We always include a handwritten note and and why we admire them as mm. like a family and, mm-hmm. and being invested in them actually and not just be like, how can you benefit me? Right. Like, can you get me a ton of sales? But it's like, no, like I know your kids' names. Like I follow you. Mm-hmm. I feel like kindred with you. And so that's a big part of it. I think they're not going to share about you if they're like, who are you? Like, right. You follow me, yeah. you know? And totally. so. How do, you, how do you approach one of these people? Like, do you, yeah. like, like what's the subject line on the DM? <laughs> what does it say? You know, it's, I've been following it's you for years. Like, yeah, it's that. It's creepy yeah, stuff like it's that. Creepy. I like it's it. totally yeah. creepy. Um, it, I respond to a lot of their stories. Like, oh, okay. You know, just like, oh, I love that, or I, I feel this way too. Mm-hmm. Anytime you can have a me too moment with someone, a lot of it's just luck when they just see yeah. you. But if you have a great product, it's just then getting it in front of their eyes, mm-hmm. and that's. You know, that can be the real work. But mm-hmm. once you do and they check out your website, they're like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. But so it's not like we're trying to, like, give them, like, a crap product. Right. You know, like, we stand behind our product. And so um, usually it's just like that. It's like, hey, I, I've followed you for a long time. I love, like, your family. And I'd love to send you some things if you wouldn't mind. If you want to share, great. And if you don't, it's fine. Yeah. We just like you. We like so you anyway. Stuff. Yeah. So we send it. And then um, – <clears throat> We usually send like a discount code. So if mm-hmm. they if they share on their stories, then we do benefit mm-hmm. greatly from mm-hmm. it. You know. So. I do have to say I'm a huge Krista Horton fan. Yes. And when I've seen her share stuff um, with Little Mama Shirt Shop, I'm like, that is the coolest thing. Yeah. I was like, that came from my <laughs> backyard, so basically. Nice. I'm like, yeah. that is so cool. She's been super nice to share our stuff. She she's really good about sharing for holidays and stuff. So. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you mentioned something I think is interesting. People feel strongly about their like home, their locale. Mm -hmm. We actually, we had a guest on a few weeks ago and he was telling us, I don't sell into Idaho like at all, Uh which was really kind of anomalous and strange. It wasn't really a common thing. So big presence in Idaho, more in other places. Um, do you even look at it that way or do you look at I it as a community? I don't look thing? at it that way, but I I know that I notice when we have sales from Idaho for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I gauge it a little differently in that we ship just thousands of orders and I don't feel like Idaho is like more than Anybody else, any other yeah. state. But where I really feel and see our influence in the community, because you, you have no idea when you have like a decent amount of followers, you're like, I don't know 
it, it's a little bit odd to be like, these people know me, but I don't know them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, when we do our local warehouse sales, mm. we have like 500 or more wow. people show. The wow. line goes all That's the way down crazy. the street. And I'm always blown away. I'm like, these people like, know who we are what the heck <laughs> and so to see them in the flesh like so many and every time we've hosted an event like we just hosted a movie night in the park a couple weeks ago and we had like 200 people show up and i was like what wow. <laughs> so that always is a really humbling experience for me like we do have a local yeah community you absolutely know? Yeah. even though i don't actually feel like i know Tons of people here in Idaho. Yeah, you matter to them though. I guess so. Yeah, um, when they show up and there's like 500 people and they're, yeah. you know, the lines around the block. Did they come up to be like, "We love you, we love you"? Sometimes your family. they do. Is Sometimes that really strange? It to is have weird. Happen? Yeah, it never gets not weird. Uh-huh. Or if I like, I mean, not weird in it. I always love when people say hi. I feel like I get super awkward. <laughs> or I like see someone in Target or something, and I'm like. Like your shirt, and they're like, "Hey, you know." And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm so weird. I'm sorry." Um, but it it's fun. Like we get a lot of people who like take pictures with them and yeah. stuff, and it's fun. And I'm just like, "This is the weirdest time to be alive." <laughs> well, because you feel like a normal person yeah, yourself, so, right? So ridiculously and... normal. Yes. yes. Other people feel differently, though. I don't know. Isn't that interesting? It's funny. Hmm. What's your biggest piece of advice for somebody that's just scared to take that step? to start their own business. At East Idaho Credit Union, we're changing the future of business with our Velocity Money Market account. You can receive unbeatable returns on tiered interest rates. We have rates up to 2.02% annual percentage yield. East Idaho Credit Union puts local businesses first because when you do better, we all do better. Federally insured by the NCUA. What's your biggest piece of advice for somebody that's just scared to take that step to start their own business. Yeah. So I love talking about this. I actually teach a small business course. It's starting tomorrow. Oh, where do, um, you, where do you do that? I do it like two to three times a year as it fits into my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just choose a month and I'm like, all right, guys, we're, we're doing a small business course and people will apply. And it's kind of an application process. So how could people, if somebody yeah. is interested, how could they find that course and, and um, apply for it? Well, my goal is to get it a little more organized and streamlined but right now it's just kind of a mastermind situation where i'm like all right i'm gonna do this the month of october if you're interested here's a link to an application Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. when i open the application process i always post it on my instagram stories um but my biggest advice and what i always tell people on the first day of class and i have this hanging above my desk in my office is feel the fear and do it anyway Mm. and i think to just dispel that like there's never a right time. You're never going to feel ready. You're never going to feel like, okay, all of our ducks are in a row and we're ready for this. And now I'm going to open my shop. Like you, that day never comes. Yeah. So you just do it and, yeah. and you do it fearful. And every day of my life, I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> I'm like, we employ 26 people. We're trying to make this work for our family. We're building this huge warehouse in like a recession slash high interest rates. And we're like, just feel the fear and do it anyway. And then you just keep at it. The compound effect. You just show up every day and you chip away at the things that you think will propel your business forward. Gosh, I love that so much. Like One of the things that's been really interesting doing this podcast is we have a guest come on. And, and just like you, you're like, man, they've got it figured out. Mm-hmm. They're so confident and, and 
I love the acknowledgement that, look, we're all scared. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> we're, we're all just trying to figure yep. it out as we go along. And yep. It reminds me of that old, uh, that old John Wayne quote. Courage is about being scared to death but saddling up anyway. I love that. Yeah. 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 And another one that I, I'm like a big quote person. Another one that Tyler and I have, it's actually in our bedroom. It says, fortune favors the brave. Oh, I love it. And that was a thing that. Um, I had never heard that before about a year and a half ago. It started just coming out of the woodwork, you know, and it, and I would like see it. I saw it at the movie theater on the little like advertisement page before a movie starts. <laughs> and then like the other, like I see it on the internet a few days later and I'm like, this quote is like stalking me. <laughs> and so we had a sign made out of it. And that's been our, our mantra this year is that fortune favors the brave and not fortune it. always as in like a financial sense, mm-hmm. but just like a lot of, just a, a good abundant life i love it what other so, advice do you have oh gosh that's such oh. a good keeper there i like that one I'm trying to think um i don't know i think just when you're trying to market to people anytime you can have a me too moment with them mm-hmm. i feel like i mean disclaimer i feel like i invented that phrase before the <laughs> maybe the got movement. co-opted a little bit i yeah. feel like it, the meaning of it changed but that was really what just was so much of our success in the beginning was just um moms seeing us being like me too yeah i felt that way mm. i felt tired can, i felt overwhelmed can you define when you talk about me too can you define that for people who are listening so that there's yeah. no confusion yes, about yes, what you yes. mean so i'm all for you know the the feminist movement of me too but to me i've always talked about it like when i'm like something i talked about quite a bit is that my first baby never slept he was really fussy mm-hmm. and as a mom i was like if did i get a bad baby <laughs> but you don't want to like admit that and i think it, like almost a decade of motherhood I can now say there is no such thing as a bad baby mm. don't let anyone make you feel like because your baby doesn't sleep through the night that it's that he or she is a bad baby it's right. just, it doesn't exist yeah. and like also you will survive this you will survive and when I started sharing about something like that like you know oh all my sister-in-law's babies are sleeping through the night but not mine <laughs> people were like oh my gosh my baby doesn't sleep through the night either and they would get so fired up to talk about Things that just were not being talked about online that you have to be brave enough to go first. Mm. And that's a really lonely feeling. But when you open up the conversation, it's almost like you just do a timid little knock on the door like, anybody else? And people are like, yes, 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 me Mm. too, me too. Mm -hmm. And so it builds connection. It builds trust with your community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's interesting, even just looking at your product lineup, I see that concept. I didn't know about that yeah. until you started talking about it. But as I think through like your website and your products and yeah. and your social media, I'm like, yeah, that's what it's about. It's it about identifying together as a yeah. community. Yeah. And not everyone has a, a tribe of mothers around mm-hmm. them. And I think um, some parallels I found personally is that motherhood can be really lonely and entrepreneurship can be really lonely. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. I'm trying in this space of teaching small business to open those conversations as well because mm-hmm. you read these books that are like telling you how um you know how to profit first and how to be successful and how to carry yourself with confidence and all these things and i'm like but actually it's just like really lonely sometimes mm-hmm. um because you're trying to fit in and in, in like your mom group but you're yeah. trying to also 
in your mind be like, okay, what's our next marketing campaign? And, you know, and it can feel really lonely sometimes. And when you say that to another entrepreneur, immediately they're like, yes. Yeah. Yes, I feel that. I've always felt like people responded really, really well to like vulnerability. Yes. To, to honesty Huge. about the situation. Yes, yes, yes. Um, People don't like it when you're like, everything's great. And no, it's always been great. And it always will be. Because Because it's not real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and we all know, I think, intuitively that it's not real. Yeah. And it makes them feel bad. It gets that yeah. comparison thing going on. and Yeah. It's so easy to root for somebody who's like, gosh, I had such a hard day. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Versus somebody who's like, life's perfect as usual. Mm-hmm. Right? It's... And I think that's actually one of the curses of social media a little bit is we've gotten so accustomed to showing this like highly edited photoshopped version of life, the highlight reel, the highlight reel of life. And nobody recognizes, yeah, that was one moment in 24 hours Mm -hmm. and frankly, 23 hours and 40 minutes of it were a lot different. Yeah. And if you saw the mess behind me that I just shoved out of the way to take the picture of my kid, you know, it was funny. We were, uh, I've, I've got kids and my youngest is three and she's just discovering that it's fun to pretend to be like a rock star. Right. And so (laughs) music's playing and she gets, uh, whatever she can grab a pen or a pencil or whatever, and she'll sing into it like a microphone. And so it's hilarious. And so my wife was like, I'm going to take a video of this. And she started taking a video and there was a dresser behind her and there's some junk on the dresser. And she's like, oh, hold on. And is like moving the junk <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to the side. Yeah. And then, okay, go. Yeah. And uh, man, what a great like example of what social media has taught us to do. Yes. Um, but having, you know, to contrast it, you could have the mess mm-hmm. and put it out there and be like, hey, it's messy, but we're having a good time yes. anyway. Right? There is magic in the mess. There is. Yeah, yes. I think so too. Um, what other kinds of advice would you give? Like to, like if you're teaching this class, don't give away all I the secrets because we want people to go. But Yeah, I need to look teaser? over my notes. Let me think. <laughs> like mindset stuff. I think, yeah. I think a big one is mindset. Yeah. And I think um, if you are in negative headspace, it is really hard to pu- push through that. And me just recently having a baby this year, I've been pretty open this about this on my Instagram. I've been in a weird relationship with my business this year. Every year prior, it's been like, yes, I love this. This is amazing. You know, growth, growth, growth. And this year I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like having this coming undone about my identity and all these mm. things. But I think a big thing is when you're tired, learn to rest, not to quit. Mm. And so it's okay to go into maintenance mode sometimes just to take care of yourself. And then... I I think a big thing too is um, trusting yourself and I mm. trust myself enough to know that when I go through a burnout phase, it's not the end. It's not any of the dark places that my mind wants to go. It's just like I'm a little bit of burnout right now and yeah. I trust, I've been through this enough times, I trust myself to know that I'll come back to me. Yeah. You know, and whatever that looks like, self-care or taking a break or continuing to try to work through it a little bit more, whatever. I just know that it's okay. I'll come back. I know I will. Mm-hmm. And I can feel myself coming back now as I'm, you know, getting through some of the postpartum mm-hmm. roller coaster. So I think that, um, a big thing that I, that I'm really big on is just keeping commitments to yourself mm-hmm. and like treating those commitments as prioritizing them as much as you would, um, 
a commitment to someone else, a meeting that you wouldn't want to miss. Mm. I, I make meetings with myself all the time. <laughs> and I sit down and, and plan out things and I journal. And, I, and so um, same goes for exercising and just having a good morning routine, things like that. I try to really hard to keep commitments to myself. And you'll find that as a theme that emerges in a lot of books and things written by successful entrepreneurs yeah. is just keeping commitments to yourself and trusting yourself. And it's really hard to do sometimes because everyone is at the mercy of their own brain going like, Oh, I don't think that's, you know, I'm not good enough. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and imposter syndrome is completely normal. Um, you can find ways to work through that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Bailey, what else? Well, everything you're saying is so inspiring. I'm like, <laughs> let's keep this going. <laughs> keep going. Um, I don't know. Let's, uh, so I, one of the things that's been really interesting to me as I've done this podcast is, uh, finding the things that are common about our different guests other than the things that are like wildly different uh-huh. as well. It's been actually really interesting. Um, I want to start off with, um, and this tends to come up, but I want to ask you, I think I know the answer, but. Are you an introvert, extrovert, mixture? What do you what do you think you are? I'm curious what you think I am. I'm curious what you think you are. <laughs> Bailey, what do you think you are? Oh, uh, what? Yeah, what are you? What am I? I'm yeah. an extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're, I actually think you're similar to me. Uh, I took like a really big test one time about uh-huh. like what I was. It took like four hours. <laughs> it was crazy. And um, it's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost dead middle. Okay. Slightly to the extroverted side. Okay. I think you're similar. I I actually was talking about this with my husband last yeah. night. I uh, think I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. I actually think I'm slightly introverted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the, the gauge is, and, and I could be wrong about this, but are you energized by a group of people right. or are you not, are you drained? Right. And I'm like pretty drained. Mm-hmm. So like, I, <laughs> like this love, is awful for you I right love, now. Yeah. No, 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 I love <laughs> it. I love small groups. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. conversations like this, big group, big, like influencer parties, things like that. Not, it sounds exhausting really to me. Not really for me. I'm yeah. like very, I've gone to like four business conferences in the last six months and I come home and I'm just so depleted and I'm mm. like, I just, I, I tell my husband all the time, anytime we get a chance to stay home on a Friday night with our boys and watch a movie and eat pizza, I'm like, this is goals. <laughs> this is it for me. We have arrived. This is my ideal Friday night. However, so, so I feel like an introvert in that way and that that's what I really crave mm-hmm. and want. Mm-hmm. But I also will acknowledge that I have this wonderful privilege of getting to go hang out with my team all day Mm -hmm. and they really fill my cup Mm -hmm. as far as like I get to go commiserate with mothers and we get to share our woes and things. And so then my cup is full and so then I come home and that's where I really want to be. So if I didn't have that, I probably would crave that a lot more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's an interesting topic. So what I found is it has almost no bearing on entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. There are fantastic entrepreneurs who are introverts. Uh-huh. There are fantastic ones that are extroverts. I don't think it has anything to do with anything, to be honest. Yeah. Although I think um, somebody who has some extroverted qualities tends to do certain things really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who are introverted tend to do certain things really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally know what you mean. I Every time I go to like a business conference, the 
like the workshops and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm really digging this. I really Same. like this. And then it's like six o'clock and they're like, it's cocktail hour. Yeah, like, and I'm, I'm like, going I'm going to just go back. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and I do like the social settings. I just like, I recharge best. I don't recharge with people. I recharge best by myself. You know, uh, <laughs> I used to travel a lot for work. I don't hardly anymore, but uh, when I have done that in the past, I'll go to some place, you know, go to New York City or something, right? And my wife would be like, I'm so jealous you're getting to go and do all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, you got to understand, I'm literally in my hotel room eating pizza that was yeah. delivered here. And that's how I'm enjoying New York yes. City right now. Yes, <laughs> I feel that for sure. Okay, what else, Bailey? Um, what a fun one here. Let's see here. What was one of the, so when we sent you the list of questions, what was one that you were like, I want to answer that one. That's a cool question. Um, let's see. I think like business wise, uh, morning routine. Mm, tell us really about your, you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone told me a long time ago, and this is something I teach in my business class too, is what it, consider your best day. Like, what do you feel like at the end of your best day? Mm. And what, you know, a, a normal day, not Disneyland, yeah. but like a normal day where you go to bed and you're like, okay, I worked hard. I spent time with my kids. I did this, this, and this. What did that day entail? And then just basically try to repeat that day every day for the rest of your life. And it sounds really boring, but mm. it's something that really stuck with me. And that's kind of what I do. And it's mm. like a day when you feel really balanced and like you did all the things, did just enough, but not too much. You were productive, but you rested and you played. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I try to get up on, on my best day, get up before my kids, exercise, drink a protein shake, spend a few minutes like journaling or reflecting, and then, um, you know, get my kids up, get them to school, and then get into work. Like, er like not too early, not too late. I like to get up and get something I tell especially mom business owners I get ready every day mm. and I know like a lot of moms it's just really easy to be like well, I don't know where to go today so I'm just gonna stay in my leggings yeah um and I don't really I don't have anyone to impress so I'm not gonna do my hair or makeup and I'm like no not beauty queen ready but like 20 minutes of whatever makes you feel like your best self mm -hmm. so I wear jeans every day love it and um just hair and makeup like like 15 minutes mm -hmm. and sometimes my kids are screaming but i'm like no really like if you want a nice mom today 15 minutes yeah. That's all I need. yeah so that's something i just feel like set yourself up for success by by having a good morning routine and i think get ready every day and yeah. it doesn't mean a full face of makeup i never want it to come off like that it just means take care of yourself in the morning dress the way that you can be most productive if you stay in your jammies all day you're going to treat it like a jammy day mm -hmm. and, you know so those are things i'm really big on yeah that's such good advice i feel like days when i don't get ready at all i'm like i feel miserable yeah. by the yeah. end of the day i'm like this sucks yeah yeah i have to like get up take a shower and get ready yeah or i just feel i don't know like yeah. cranky uh, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Just and not if I right. miss my workout or I mm -hmm. miss one piece of that, I'm like, mm, today's like not as good as that ideal yeah. day that I'm trying to I repeat. guess this one's a bust. We might as well call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'll go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was a day actually recently, you're going to think I'm insane. I showered five times because oh. I was like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? I was, I felt completely clean, but I never got ready yeah. or anything. Yeah. And so I just kept trying to like fix my like day, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> 
I can yeah. relate to that. Sounds dangerously close to like a compulsion, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's weird. But I just thought too, like, I guess other advice is um, as I've been doing this for a little bit longer, you have to decide. I think a lot of people operate from a scarcity mindset, especially mm. right now. Mm-hmm. Things are feel really weird. Yeah. 2022 mm-hmm. is weird. Another weird year in business. Another like, weird year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think a big eye-opening thing for me in the last year or two is that you have to operate from a place of abundance but you also have to decide uh like lifestyle like your business Mm -hmm. can just wash right over you Mm -hmm. if you let it and you have to decide like what is enough because you'll get to a number and you're like oh well that was my big goal and I made it and now what (laughs) and it's like you can't have I'm all for goals I'm all for number goals and all that but I really tried to shift in the past year of like lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle do I actually want? Because I actually don't remember how much our business made last September. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure last September it was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I don't even remember, but I do remember when I took my kids fishing or whatever. Priorities shift a little bit. A huge, huge thing to keep your priorities in place. And just to, I I spend so much time doing probably not enough time being Mm. and just to acknowledge, um, I listened to a podcast a while back. Amy Porterfield has an excellent marketing podcast. And she said she's made it a habit of when she, she's trying to, on a journey this year of trying to find her identity away from her business. Mm. Who am I without my business? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I feel that, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm like, people will say, oh, your little mama shirt shop. And I'm like, yeah, I think, but there's probably <laughs> like, I think once upon a time, there were some different things about me. <laughs> um, so trying to kind of find my way back to that. And also she just, said this little nugget and it really stuck with me is that whenever she's with her husband and her kids and she's doing something and I've tried to do this too like when I'm with my kids and I'm I'm doing something like we're outside in nature and we're kind of unplugged and whatever I just try to turn to Tyler and say I'm so happy Mm. and like just speaking it into like out into the world and acknowledging that there's so much happiness like within and without your business I think it's just a huge thing keeping your priorities straight and and just saying it there's just something so powerful to just manifesting like i'm so happy in this mm. moment i'm so happy not when i reach that number when we get that many followers or whatever that those days of happiness when you like base your worth on numbers like that they never come yeah and so yeah hmm. priorities i think you're right and when you vocalize it it does something yes. special in your brain where yes. it's like your brain remembers oh that's the thing yes that i'm trying to chase here it's mm-hmm. not x percent growth yeah next quarter yeah that yeah. and then get gone all day but like values we talk a lot about our family values and our business values and knowing what those are before you start your business and mm. Brene brown has some really interesting ways to figure out what your values are she kind of has some tips on on finding that and you can't have a million values you right can have 50 you're like three right yeah you know yeah and so for us, it's like, this is a really amazing opportunity for us to teach our kids about hard work. Mm-hmm. And so right now my kids are at, they don't have school today. So they're at the warehouse crushing boxes, <laughs> Tyler. And I'm like, we're all about just being like, trying to help them recognize like we, because we're at Disneyland right now, like remember all the days that we like couldn't do the fun thing mm-hmm. and mom and dad had to go to work. And remember when you helped us at the warehouse, that's why we're at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're trying to model for our kids, hopefully that they will be hard workers too. Yeah. So just knowing your values. Too. Have you ever at any point felt like your business and your values were at odds? 
yeah, I think that's when you feel really not in balance of, um, there's times, you know, when I think I, I like my great 2020 meltdown, who didn't have one of those, <laughs> but I was, Tyler was working from home and our kids were homeschooled. We had three little boys at the time. And I was just living at the warehouse. Mm. And it was the first time we had a thousand orders in our queue mm-hmm. in one. Like, like in the queue, like not fulfilled. Not fulfilled. <laughs> like the queue hit a thousand. I ha- I called my, our operations manager at the time and I was like bawling. And I was like, Maddie, how are we going to do this? We <laughs> do not have the manpower to fulfill a thousand orders. And she said, China, we're going to do it one order at a time. Mm-hmm. And I spent way too much time at the business and in the business during those months. But I look back and I have a lot of grace for myself because everyone was having a hard time. And yeah. like that wasn't the worst problem to have, that we were getting a billion orders. Yeah, know, so. it's too successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's too hard. But that year, our word was scale. Mm. And just be careful what you wish for because that's the year that we scaled. Um, but I felt a little bit out of alignment that year because I was spending so much time in the business yeah. and not enough time on the business and certainly not enough time taking care of myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And so I felt very like unbalanced and that was kind of my breaking point. And then when Tyler quit his job, it helped me realign. Um, but I always see it like, like this, I'm doing this with my hands just yeah. up and down, but, <laughs> um, just you know, people say balance doesn't exist. And I'm like, I feel like it does Mm. like unpopular opinion, but I know when I'm balanced and Mm -hmm. that's when I'm spending a few hours doing this and a few hours doing that and I'm taking care of things Mm -hmm. and it's kind of going from thing to thing, but I'm never, when I feel balanced, I don't get to the end of the day and think like, Oh, I really neglected this or that today. It's like, no, I kind of took care of the things I need to take care of today. Yeah. I think it's fair also that different people work different ways. Right. And I think that's okay too. Um, I want to, so this is interesting. You talk about that moment of scale. Yeah. Uh, Probably early in the business, you did everything. Yes. Right. A to Z. Yep. You were designing the shirt. You're doing the marketing. Mm -hmm. You were packing the box. You're doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. At some point you realized maybe my time is better spent working on the business as opposed to packing a box or whatever, or crushing a box in the warehouse. Right. So how did you make the decision to say, I'm going to change where my time is used mm-hmm. in the business? I don't know that it was a single decision. Mm-hmm. I think it's a string of decisions that I still make daily mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I do know how to do everything mm-hmm. in the business. And yeah, I did everything for a long time. And then I hired one person in, and I think important realization when you're hiring a team is that they're going to help you alleviate so much of your burden, mm-hmm. but also they're going to add another little job <laughs> to your plate. Yeah, they create a different because set of problems. now you have to yeah. run payroll and you have to make a schedule and you have to give them their expectations and then you have to have hard conversations mm-hmm. with them when they're not meeting your expectations. And so I'm like, oh, I think it relieved the order fulfillment, but now I have to like talk to you about our order errors, you know? So... um we're getting a little, I'm getting a little more in the swing of being a leader mm. and just really, tr- it's really important to me to be a good leader and mm. to really look out for my team. Um, but it, my default when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I'm feeling scared or whatever is I want to go back to packing orders. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm here to do orders today, you guys. And uh, they're like, don't you need to like 
we actually need you to... Like, I thought we were launching a subscription program. (laughs) So actually, just a few weeks ago, my two managers pulled me aside and they're like, you don't have to be here. Mm. We can do it. Mm-hmm. We can let us do our jobs. And I'm like, okay, goodbye. And yeah. I, I just didn't go in for like two weeks. But I think it's a string of decisions of working your way out. I feel I always say I'm like tiptoeing over to the door, but mm. I never want to go out the door. Like I always want to know, be in the know. So I still hop on and do customer service when I can mm-hmm. and orders when I can. And they're getting fewer and farther in between because now we have a lot of meetings. We have a lot of... um just admin stuff we have to do and planning and so it's just a conscious decision all the time of like where is my time best spent yeah to align with my goals right Mm -hmm. and if your goals are growth and scaling then you have to work on your business not in your business if your goal for the day or the week is just kind of enjoying your life and doing what you like to do you might find yourself packing orders right (laughs) that's something that i actually genuinely like to do i just don't have the time for it it's way less stressful (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So you allude to this moment that almost every entrepreneur has to go through where you went from doer yeah. to leader. Yeah. And that sometimes is a really rough transition. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, I feel comfortable. I like to pack the box, yeah. right? I enjoy yeah. that. So what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's transitioning out of the doing the minutia of the business mm-hmm. to learning how to actually be a leader and developing as a leader? Oh gosh, it's I'm still learning, but I think um you have to I I tell myself all the time, like the repeat in my head is be the boss. Be the boss, Jackie, you're the boss. <laughs> I have to remind myself sure. that I'm the boss. Um but I think like we said, like hiring for attitude, letting I think a really important characteristic of being a leader is just believing that like not it, it's hard to let other people come into your your baby, mm-hmm. which is your business, but realizing that they're sometimes going to have better ideas than you. Ooh, that's tough. It's tough because I'm hard. like, yeah. I'm the idea woman. I started this thing, and then they have a good idea, and it, it's just being humble enough to be like, you're right, that is a better idea. Like maybe we should change this process. And so being really open to that, and like I really looked to Brene Brown on all my leadership, <laughs> you know, efforts and. She always says, uh, clear is kind, mm-hmm. a huge mm-hmm. one for me. And it's like, it's not nice to not be clear yeah. with your employees yeah. about expectations or frustrations mm-hmm. or whatever. Like that's actually the worst thing you can do, yeah, I but agree. I don't like confrontation. So mm-hmm. it takes enormous like courage for me to, um, to give feedback and things. And, and I love how she always says that I know I'm ready to have a meaningful conversation with my employees when I'm ready to sit beside them and not across from them in mm. that like we're on the same team here mm-hmm. and so really just getting them on board with the mission but acknowledging that this business isn't as much their life as it is my life yeah and that they have things going on like so-and-so's mother has cancer and so-and-so's boyfriend just broke up with them and you know they all have things going on so um just trying to be compassionate to what's going on in their lives but also having being very boundaried about um, you know, we have lunch together, but we don't really like hang out on the weekends and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's hard. I always mm-hmm. am like walking that line and mm-hmm. Tyler's like, you gotta be the boss. And I'm like, but they're my friends, <laughs> you know, and they really, really are. But you have to set yourself apart as the professional. You have to, you yeah. have to dress professionally. You have to act professionally. You can't come and bring your 
emotional or family drama and pour it on the table, but they can. Right. And so you have to find a, another place to dispel yeah. whatever worries are on your heart and it's not your team, you know? Yeah. You know, and I think too, just, um, not caring about who gets the credit, like mm. letting your team take the credit for the things. And so mm. every time we get a nice message about customer service or, or how great our team is, which I feel like our online community is very invested in our team. Mm. And we try really hard to like show them all the time. Like mm-hmm. these are the women like busting their butts to get your orders. And we'll get a lot of nice messages. And I have a folder on my computer called love notes. And it, <laughs> that's the place I go when I'm, when I get a mean one <laughs> or when I'm feeling <laughs> down, I go in there and, I have just pages and pages of customer notes and things that are like, oh, you're, you have the best team. And I always send it to the team. Like, look, you guys, this matters. Mm-hmm. I know you just feel like you're, you know, you're just answering a frustrated email. But like this girl was like having the worst day of her life mm-hmm. and, and you helped her make it better. And so anytime I can just help my team realize that this, we, we always say it's more than shirts. Yeah. And that's just been something that we say internally. We say it externally to our audience. And so um, it's a a great, tremendous effort to get a lot of people on board for something you believe in, but it can be done. And I think that's when the best work happens. That's when we are in our zone of genius and everyone's like, yes, the mission, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, it would be really easy for somebody to be like, it's just shirts. Why does this work? Right. And uh, because it's not just shirts, it's It's about more than that. And, and that resonates with people. Yeah. people and for a long time, that. it felt like we're doing this for our big, our audience, our community. Like I'm talking to a screen and I don't know who's watching and <laughs> I don't know. They're unable to talk back to me. And as I just done a lot of reflecting over the last year, I'm like, it's actually like my heart has turned more toward our team mm. and just being more like employing people like it's super cool you know and and trying to just do right by them because this is feedback that i can actually see in the moment Mm. and and so yeah beautiful what's your message to the world oh like like my uh my business message or my i i always go back to feel the fear and do it anyway Mm. i guess with anything that is my mantra and i have to practice what I preach. And so that's why we try, we're trying to make some moves with our business and our family and things like feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. That's probably my main one, but we say it's more than shirts a lot too, because, um, it is, it's really about motherhood and community and in a world where a lot of people are just discrediting motherhood and like, you know, Mm. kids drag you down and it makes you really busy. You can't have your career you want and stuff. We're just like the most important work is raising those little babies so yeah Switch. I, I love, love it. it i love it it's wonderful okay are there any questions that we didn't ask that we should have asked i don't know i could talk all day <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh i can't really think of any okay i have one more okay, okay. um you sparked something in my mind when you're talking about raising little ones and that's the most important thing what advice would you give to somebody who's struggling with like mom guilt yeah. Mm. I think mom guilt is a very interesting uh, topic. And we talk, I, no one is immune. Mm. I don't know why it exists because there is dad guilt, but there isn't. I've never felt it. Yeah. yeah. Like Tyler goes to work and um, I'm like, did you kind of feel guilty? Like you were gone all day and you didn't like sit and hold the baby. And he's like, no, <laughs> not at all. 
Um, I think Zach's that- face. <laughs> I have a four-month-old right now, and, oh, yeah. and I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is such an issue because I, I do think there's like our roles as parents are really divine, and mothers, you know, nurture, and they're just more caring and whatever. And then the dads, my dads, I mean, my husband's the fun guy, you know, and the, they love when dad comes home. And um, but. I try to use mom guilt as a compass mm-hmm. and I I think that understanding the difference between guilt and shame is really important and so shame is like I am bad guilt mm-hmm. is I did something bad mm-hmm. or and as far as mom guilt it's like I didn't do something mm-hmm. and we can be very in control of our actions I never try to go to the place where I am a bad mom but rather use guilt as a tool of like, okay, I'm feeling like my nine-year-old is like really emotional and I'm analyzing how much like one-on-one time have I had with him? Does he need a little bit more mama time right now? I think he does. This email can wait. I'm going to go home and spend time with him. And it like kind of dispels the guilt. And so I've just tried to trick guilt into working for me (laughs) as guiding me and and being realistic because like I can feel guilty over any little thing, but it's just realizing it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't make it go away. Like feeling guilty about not spending enough time with your kids because you have a business doesn't do anything. But Mm -hmm. me saying like, okay, I've spent a little too much time on my business today. I do need to go home and spend some time with my kids. The great thing about being a business owner and entrepreneur is I'm in complete control of that. I can leave. I mean, I say that I can't. I say, oh, there's 500 orders in the queue. I have to stay. But like, I am my own boss. And so I have to take charge of my life and I can leave. And so I do. Um, but but I do have days where I'm like, oh, the boys like spent half their summer at the warehouse. But I try to just <laughs> be like, you know, I think there's just the, the good mixture of not every day is a party. And, Mm. and we, our family works Mm -hmm. and we tell that to our boys all the time. We are a working family. Mm -hmm. And so just using it as a compass, like let flip the script on guilt and say, if I'm feeling that little pang of guilt, it probably realistically means I need to do a little bit more of this, or I need to spend a little bit more time with this child or whatever. So love that. Thank you. Great advice. Mm -hmm. Great advice. Gosh, so many good things today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as a last thing, how can people find you, your shop? Where are you at? We are Little Mama Shirt Shop everywhere. Uh, Mama is spelled M-A-M-A. We're on Instagram. If you want to join our Facebook community, we call it the Mom Squad. <laughs> and it's like a bunch of, I mean, it's 12,000 moms wow. who get on and compare strollers and diaper <laughs> rashes and emotional preteens and things like that. Um, and I love every time I see a post on there, I can always see posts that what mean the most to me in our VIP Facebook group is when they're like, this is the best mom group that I'm in. So I'm mm. going to ask this question here. Mm. And I'm like, yes, we are the best mom group. Because no, there's no mom shaming. There's no mom judgment. It's just people can come and ask questions there. Um, and then our website is littlemamashirtshop.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. China, thank you so much for joining thank us you today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Dragon Slayer podcast by East Idaho Credit Union. We'll see you next time. Woo! You better leave that in there. He kicked the table. <laughs> <laughs>